All right, let's uh, get into the Word of God. Um, if you don't know, my name is Gershom. Um, this, this whole thing about giving the Word of God, it, it's, it's such a privilege for me. And to be honest, it's quite, quite scary because I understand that this is the living Word of God and it has the power to change lives. And for me to give this and share this to you guys, it requires me to just be mindful that it's all of Him and not of me. And I don't want tonight to be about me. In fact, uh, preaching and, and being up here on this stage is something that I'd never expected to do when I was younger. Like, it, it, was, it's, it blows my mind that I'm here right now and that we're all here right now. In fact, uh, I really believe that God uses the people that don't know how to do the thing that he calls them to do so that they know that it's God that's doing the thing at the very end. Uh, just last night, we had um, Oikos with the teens, cell groups. And one of the teens was just saying like, I think God is calling me to preach. And this, this girl, I'm not going to mention her name, but she was like, I think God is calling me to preach in church. But I don't know because I can't do it. I can't go up on stage. I don't speak to people. I get nervous when I'm talking to people. Like I can't do it. But I know if God has called me to do this, it's going to be him behind everything that I do. So she's super encouraged and really looking forward to that. And, I'm, and I want to encourage you guys as well. If God has called you to do something, whether that's preaching, worshiping, ushering, stacking the chairs, whatever it is, don't be afraid to go into that calling because God has got your back and he uses the people that don't know what they're doing. But those that are willing, he'll use. So this message that I have tonight, I'm quite reluctant to actually give it. I, I've been wrestling with it for the last two weeks thinking, oh, how, how can I give a message to this church that's relevant, that, that applies? And to be honest, I've given this message before to the youth. And I felt like this last two weeks, God has actually been pressing on this message more into my heart. And it's a message that actually spoke more into my heart, into my life. And I feel it will be very relevant to this church right now. So the message is for everyone, but I believe it's going to speak specifically to some people, some individuals going through these situations, these circumstances. So just be expectant that God is going to speak into your life. And I really believe that there's going to be some people that are going to hear God speak into their life tonight. Um, before we move on, I do actually want to take this time to just honor a few people into this, in this room. Um, first of all, I'd like to honor Pastor Dex for just being an awesome, awesome pastor. And the reason why, the reason why I want to just honor people in the next few minutes is because I just want to take the opportunity to do that. I think every opportunity you can to honor the people that have followed God's plan and just, just been faithful to what God has called them to do, you just got to honor them and encourage them because it's not easy. Like we see Pastor Dex doing a lot of the stuff over here. We see him walking around saying hi to everyone. But the truth is he does so much more behind the scenes that you will never be able to see. Like I get to see a glimpse of it and he's doing so much. And we are so blessed to have him as our pastor. There's a few people on this list as well. Um, I want to acknowledge Arthur, who is Arthur, Arthur and Christy. So he's, his, he's not from this church, but he's a fellow brother of mine and I love him so much. Um, this couple is amazing. Uh, go, they help me with, with a lot of the problems that I go through and they're just there for you, there for you. And he doesn't care whether you're from this church, that church, he's there for you. He heard that I'm speaking, so he's here today. Thank you, Arthur, for just being there. Um, there's a few people, there's Chris. We all know Chris, just a faithful servant of God, just loves God so much. <laughs> And if you've, if you've ever talked to Chris, you'll, you'll notice that he's one of those guys that just really listens, really listens. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. Just talk to him. If you haven't talked to him, talk to him after this. He'll really listen to you because you talk to some people and sometimes they just, and they're ready to you know, give their reply. No, Chris, he's 
Either he's looking like he's listening really well, but I'm sure he is. But he's one person that you can trust. And I just want to thank you, Chris, for just being a really faithful brother to me. And, and, I, and I love you so much. I want to thank my girlfriend, Kartika, who's just supported me through everything, all the good times and the bad times. And I, and I thank you, Kartika, for that. Uh, I could not be here today without you following what God has called you to do in your life. I know this sounds like a, like a speech, like a Grammy Awards or something like that, but um, I, do, I do really want to honor a lot of people. And I'm just going to fast forward and the leaders in this church, the TNT leaders, you guys are phenomenal leaders, the leaders in OC. Oh man, there's so many things to come. There's so many things to come. This is just the beginning of it. And I can't believe that we are here right now and there's so much more to come. So guys, like be ready and be, be thankful that we have all the people around us today to just go forward with. Um, and I want to thank everyone here as well, the congregation, this family. If you don't feel like this is family yet, then I really encourage you guys to join a small group, an oikos, because this is where we get to grow to <clears throat> My voice. We get to grow together. <laughs> get some authority in that. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So I'm going to start this sermon by, by giving you guys um, a little rundown of how my week was. And it, it, I was in a situation that I never thought that I'd be in, in a pretty... Like, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when you look back to a situation you're in or that you're currently in and you're like, how did I get here? And it might not be a bad thing, but it might be like, oh, wow. Like, even when I'm standing here, I'm like, how did I get here? Just a few, like 10 years ago, I was a kid in the seats going like, oh, I'm never going to be able to speak to anyone. But how did I get here? So I had one of those moments on Tuesday this week. And to give you guys the background of the story, I met up with my year 11 physics teacher on Tuesday. And that in itself is already like, a, oh, how did I get here? This is, I never thought this would happen. But it, it means a little bit more because when, if you know me now, I'm a quite, hopefully, a nice person to you all. <laughs> quite a kind and calm person. Um, but that wasn't always the case. And you only have to go back to me to when I was in high school that I was like a completely different person. And this year 11 physics teacher that I met up with this week, he was my most hated teacher. Like, I hated him so much. I just wish he would get fired. Like, I wish his car would break down. Like, all these things. You know what? You know how much I hated him? Uh, one time in class, we were... Uh, and, and I don't recommend anyone do this. And I, and I, and I would never do this again. Never again. <laughs> but uh, we... We were sitting down in that physics class, and he just happened to walk out for some reason, and we were just doing our work. And then as he closes the door, a cockroach walks in, uh, crawls in, whatever. <laughs> a cockroach just crawls in and starts going around the classroom and uh, goes near me, so I pick it up, and I'm about to throw it back out. And I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. That's my teacher's lunchbox. So... I, I grab the cockroach and I'm like, nobody, don't say anything. You're not gonna, you don't see nothing. Go to his lunchbox, unzip it, put the cockroach in, zipped it up and walked away again and just like went back to class and just, just made my day. And I never heard what happened. I, I literally never heard what happened until, oh man, I don't know, eight years later when we met up again. And then he showed me a photo of one day when he found a cockroach in his uh, lunchbox. And I'm like, Mr. Jai, that was me. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry, that was me. And that in itself, like, I never thought I'd admit that to him. Um, but that's not the part where I'm saying, like, that, that situation where I'm like, I never thought I'd be here. It's because when he started to speak, he, he, he said, he was, we were talking about life, and we always talk about, like, work and career and so on, and how, how's this person doing, how's this person doing. But the topic kind of shifted for the first time in a direction that I never thought it would. 
and he started talking about God. And he said, like, yeah, we just got to be good people and start modeling ourselves after Christ. And I'm like, oh, hang on a sec. Did I hear some Christian needs? Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Model ourselves after Christ. And he was just like, yeah, I know that's kind of weird, but I'm, to be honest, Gersh, like, I'm starting to find who God is. I'm finding this relationship with God. And I used to go to church back when I was a teenager because it was near to my school, like in Malaysia. But now I'm, you know, for 20 years, I never thought about God, never thought about my spiritual life, nothing like that. But now I found God again. And I'm like, whoa, I never thought I'd be in this situation. I never thought I'd be here. And then um, as the night went on, I was like, oh, man, I've got to bring Kartika over because we were just in Verde Brio and Myri, and I wanted Kartika to meet my teacher. Um, so I brought her over. She just finished showering, and she came like 10 minutes later. And, um, yeah, we just had this cool conversation. And after, the, after that, um, it, was, it was 10.30. It was already late. It was a school night, so he had to go to work the next day. And we just went to the car park, and I was like, hey, Mr. Jai, is it okay if we pray for you? Like, I know you're just starting to discover who God is and, and, and reconnecting with God, but can we pray for you? And he's like, what? Really? Like, oh, okay. Because he's, he's kind of like shy and shocked that, 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 I, that this would happen. So he's like, yeah, okay. Like, kind of like, you know, awkward, kiddish way. And, and then I laid hands on him. We just prayed. And I was like, thank you, God, for just sending him, uh, for leading him back to you and, and finding a relationship with you. And um, I kind of opened my eyes a little bit, and you could see that he was like really like smiling so much. And uh, by the time we, we said amen, he was like jumping around like, like a little kid, like really excited and just happy that this situation where uh, a kid put a cockroach into his lunchbox became the kid that started praying for him and uh, like asking him and leading him back to God. And I just never thought I'd be in that situation. He never thought that as well. And that's the theme that I kind of want to go along with tonight, that sometimes we never thought things would happen good or bad, but it does happen. And that word never sometimes doesn't hold up. And the, if I could give a title to tonight's message, it would be, Don't Miss This. But before we keep going on, I'm just going to pray. God, we pray that we don't miss what you're doing here tonight. Just speak, we're listening, God. Let your truth just be spoken out. Let none of my own intentions and my own agendas be spoken. It's all yours, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen. That uh, cricket is, uh, <laughs> I better not say any jokes, because <laughs> if you guys don't laugh, that's all we're going to hear. <laughs> So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I hope it stops, though. I think one of the most relatable Bible characters in the Bible for me is Peter. Does anyone think they relate to Peter a lot? Not because he was like a very influential uh, church leader in the early church, but this is before he became that person, when he was just uh, following Jesus, and he was this very outspoken person that would be like, oh, I'm never going to leave you. Like, Jesus, you are the son of God. I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to follow you to the ends of the earth. But, you know, we know that Peter denies Jesus and so on. And I feel like I relate to him because sometimes we can be on fire for God and we'll be like, I'll do anything for you, God. And suddenly we'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And when we say these things, uh, it just makes us feel like we're ashamed as well. But I really feel like Peter is a really good character that we can learn from tonight. <clears throat> so I'm going to read to you guys a few encounters between Peter and Jesus. And the first one is when Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. So up until this point, Peter had been walking with Jesus as his disciple, one of the 12, watched him perform miracles, watched him claim that he is the son of God, and basically just see him change the face of the earth. And then Jesus comes up and asks his disciples, 
who is the son of man. And this is where we pick up in the story. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Awesome. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? He's directing this at Peter. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Brilliant answer. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. Well, this is the first time that Jesus actually asked, who do people say I am? Like, who do you think the son of man is? And, they, and, and Peter gave like a brilliant answer. You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. And, and, and you can tell Peter is very proud of this answer because he, 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 he answers, you are the son of Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, whoa, bravo. Good job, Peter. Good job. Blessed are you. On this rock, I will build my church. What a tremendous response to receive from Jesus. But notice that Jesus had said all these things to Peter before Peter had even done anything. Like Peter had just answered a question. He hadn't done anything. He hasn't started his ministry yet. But Jesus had already known where Peter was going to end up. That on this rock, I will build my church. He saw Peter's potential before anything even happened. Who here has has a smartphone? I don't have mine on me, but it's down there. Who's got a smartphone? Who's got one in their hands, actually? Hopefully writing notes. Just wave it up. Now, if, let's say your phone, Andrew. I'm not going to touch it, but let's say I grab Andrew's phone and I want to use it to its full potential. Well, I probably won't be able to get in because it's a password, right? Yes. You probably wouldn't tell me a password. No. <laughs> We're not on that level yet. That's okay. <laughs> but let's say you tell me a password and I start using your phone and I try to you know, use it to its max potential. I probably wouldn't know exactly how to use it because... You know, he's got his own personal apps. He's got his own contacts. He's got relationships that he's formed with his contacts. I mean, I could probably have fun and write some funny stuff to his contacts, but it's probably not going to maximize like its full potential as a phone and for its use. But compare if Andrew were the one to use his phone. He could make calls that could really change like the course of like his next week. He could do something that would change, I don't know, whatever the situation he's in by just using his phone because he owns the phone. See, Jesus is the one that owns, God is the one that owns us. We are his children, and he knows our full potential before we can even see it ourselves. He's the one that owns it. He's the one that knows you and knows how you will be. Just like how he knows Peter and saw Peter's potential before he even had done anything. In fact, Peter had done more mistakes after this than actually good things. After this, he had actually denied Jesus. He had actually been called Satan, and then more things, and then eventually God uses him as a rock to build his church. But there's so much that happened before that. And we know that Peter is still on, not, not like the best disciple at this stage. He's not like a star disciple. I mean, yes, he gave the right answer. He said, Jesus, you are, you are the son of God, like you are, you are the Messiah. But no sooner than four verses later does Jesus start calling him Satan. 
Like how crazy is that? You're like, oh man, like Jesus, you are the Messiah. And, and Jesus is like, oh, I'm this rock. I will build my church. And Peter would be like, ooh, yeah. And then, and then later on, Jesus starts calling him Satan. But how does he get to this point? Well, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, this is just a few verses after. From that time on, Jesus starts to explain what's going to happen. He predicts his death. He says, uh, from this time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, Peter, hearing all of this, he would be like, oh, man, not, not, not on my watch, not on my watch. In fact, in fact, Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him, and he said, never, Lord, never, exclamation mark, never. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have the mind and concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Can you just imagine this playing out? Peter just like so happy and he's like, oh yeah, I'm on this rock. God's going to build the church. And then, and then Jesus goes, oh yeah, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die and I'm going to be, be captive in the hands of like the elders. And, and Peter was like, oh, no, nah, this is my time to defend Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, I'm going to come and I'm going to swoop in like the hero. No, Jesus, this will never happen to you. This will never happen to you. And he had all the right intentions and the right things to say. But then why does Jesus say all these things? Notice how strong Peter's words were. He was full of passion and intention to mean everything that he said. How would you feel, Pastor Dex, if, uh, if Ariel came up to you one day and said like, Dad, I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to be, be ca- held captive by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law that I must be killed and on the third day I'll be risen. I'd be, I think you'd be surprised. Well, first that Ariel could talk. And then the second <laughs> one is that, that she's saying all these things to you right? How would you feel? You'd be like, no, Ariel, that's not going to happen to you. Daddy's going to protect you. You're not, that's not going to happen. Like that's the response that Peter had. I remember when I was, uh, my, the first instrument that I ever played was, was the drums. <laughs> the podcast can't see that. Was the drums. And Pete, uh, Peter, Chris, <laughs> Chris was the one that uh, taught me how to play drums. And I remember I used to be a very frustrated kid playing drums because I, I just didn't learn as quickly. And I'd always say, like, Chris, I think you remember this. I'd always go, like, I can't do this. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I, this, this is so hard. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And you'd always say, no, don't say you can't do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You always, like, rebuking me every time I said no, 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 no. I, th- I don't know if you remember that. You do. Good. But... This is the kind of intention that Peter had, that no, Jesus, this is not going to happen to you. Jesus had just said all these horrific things that was going to happen to him. He's my Lord and Savior. No, this isn't going to happen to him. But we all know how the story ends up. He does get tortured. He does suffer. He does get beaten up, get put on that cross. So this never that Peter had said with all the intention of the world, with all the right intentions, it still never came to be. It still failed. Now I want to talk about another time when Peter actually said never. Now this is when Jesus predicts Peter's denial. So this is in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 to 35. So Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. And then Peter was like, oh, don't worry, Jesus. They might, I won't. They might, but I won't. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. 
Oh, Peter was fired up. He was like, oh man, Jesus, you got something of saying that to me. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same thing. See, there are times we have the best intentions and we say, never. But we know that Peter denies Jesus at the very end. But we all know that Peter was fired up for Jesus and he really meant it when he said, never will I disown you, never will I leave you. And I don't know what kind of nevers you're saying in your life as well. Like, are you saying, oh, I'm, I'm never going to be an angry person. I'm always going to be a cool person. Oh, I'm, I'm never going to be sad. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a joyful person. Sadness is not in my vocabulary. Oh, I'm, I'm never going to fail an exam. Like, that, that doesn't happen to me. I'm never going to be unemployed. That doesn't happen to me. Financial stress, oh, that, that, ooh, that, never, that might happen to you, but never happens to me. I don't know what kind of nevers you are saying in your life. In fact, you might even say some nevers that, that really you hold weight to. Like, oh, I'm never going to find anyone. I'm never going to be breaking out of this. I'm always going to be with these addictions. I'm never going to break free from this. When I was uh, younger in uni, I uh, had a job at Kumon. If you don't know what Kumon is, it's pretty much a place where kids suffer and, and, <laughs> and they just don't... <laughs> And because it's a place where they suffer, these very kids that come to Kumon, they, uh, it's a tuition center, by the way, I'm just joking. Uh, these kids that come to Kumon, they actually hate being there. So then the teachers hate teaching them. And I was one of the teachers. So, so the very thing that I did to my teacher back in high school became the very thing that my kids did to me when I was in Kumon. And it, it was just, oh man, it was like the irony was crazy at the time. But I remember... This one week in uni, I was, just, I was just losing my temper ever. I was just losing my patience, and I was just like not able to like, keep my cool. And I was like, okay, God, I'm sorry if I've been angry. Never. I'm not going to lose my cool anymore. Never again. I'm going to be the coolest cucumber, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to be so, so calm. People are going to make me annoyed, but I'm just going to be cool. I'm not going to reply. Just, just stay cool. And I come to work at Kumon. And I'm like, oh, I can already feel the tense atmosphere. And if you've ever been to Kumon before and you see all the kids like, like kind of chatting around and like throwing things around, oh man, I'm already stressed thinking about it. It's, it's not the best place to be. And I remember just dealing with one kid, his name was Gunther. And uh, oh man, even the name is already, sorry if anyone's name is Gunther. It's, it's actually a pretty cool name. But uh, when... When he, when he started doing his work, I think he was like eight years old or something. And you think that'd be pretty cute, but it, not, not this one. And not him, not him. And he was just not doing his work. And I, I just had to keep teaching him, keep teaching him. And he'd be like, why? Why? And I'd be like, oh, because, you know, you need a good education. With a good education, you get a good job. He's like, why? Because with a good job, you know, you can be financially stable. Why? And it, it, I, he didn't care about the answer. He's just, why? Why? And I'm just like, mm, God. It's like, never, never, never going to get angry. But it got to the point where he's like, why, why, why? And I was like, you know what? You do your work right now. And I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I lost it. I, 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 I smacked the table and not him, but the, the row behind him, the row in front of him looked back and they were like, okay, we've got to do our work. This guy's crazy. This guy's crazy. To be fair, it, it worked. To be fair, it worked. But I don't recommend it. But I, I just went home that day going, oh my gosh, like I, I really just, this, my, this, this is crazy. How can this be? And even though I had the best intention, it just failed. And what I'm trying to get across is, what are situations in your life where you said, never will this happen? 
Never am I going to speed again. And then he speed again. <laughs> Never am I going to get a speeding ticket. <laughs> get a parking ticket. <laughs> uh, these are very like, light, small examples. But think about what kind of nevers are speaking in your, into your life. It could even be a situation where you're just faced like, I'm never going to start a family. I'm never going to find anyone. I'm never going to break free. And these situations and circumstances that we face become reality to us. And this is the part where I'm saying that this message is for everyone, but speaks to certain individuals in this room, because there's a point in my life that I thought I would never face these situations. I would never face these kind of trials. I've seen them before. I've seen other people go through them. But me? No. Not me. Never me. But when I'm in that situation, I'm like, how do I break out of it? Never will I be free. That's a very cute sneeze. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Think about it for a moment. What kind of never situations are you in? When I was in university, uh, not university, when I was in high school, I was, I was, I'm really bad at English, and most of you know my story where I failed English and I couldn't get into university. But what I didn't tell you was that in school, a lot of people were saying, oh, you're never going to get into university. Oh, you're never going to be able to pass your exams and, and, and get the degree that you want. Even my teachers said, oh, don't bother, you're never going to make it. But eventually, you know, you got into university, you got a job and so on. But that's not, that's not the point of the story. But the point of the story is, the never that you believe and the never that you say sometimes just never holds up. And you might be in a situation right now, and the word never might not be attached to it, but it does carry the same meaning, where you're saying, you'll always be this way. My mom had it. My mom's mom had it. So I'm going to have it. My kids are going to have it. There's a health problem in the family, so this is what's going to happen. I made a mistake, and this is how it will always be. Never will I break free from the situation. There's no way out. Maybe that's the words that are carrying into your life right now. That this is just how it is from now on. That you will always be alone. See, I, at one stage in my life, I believe that I will be alone. I'm not talking about the person I'm, I'm doing life with or, or the people around me. I always have this church. But you know when you go through, to, through life and you have a situation that it just makes things so complicated, but nobody in this world could ever understand, and you just feel so alone. Like, it could be some depression that you're facing, or it could be some anxiety, some panic attacks, or some financial stress, or some health problem. And you just feel like, I can talk to all the people in the world, but nobody will ever understand, because I feel so alone. And you've just believed that this is it. Like I said, this is speaking to some people tonight. Because I want to show you a different kind of never, all right? This is, this is where it changes. This is a never that isn't coming from the mouth of a human. This is a never that's not coming from me. It's not coming from the people around you. It's not even coming from your worst enemy. This is a never that's coming from the mouth of God. While the world will say that you will never get out, you'll never break free. This is the kind of never that heaven speaks. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, never will I leave you. This is what God says. Never will I forsake you. Let me say that again. Never will I leave you. And never will I forsake you. God's words prevails. It's not like ours. I can say with the best intentions in my mind when I say like, I'm never going to get angry. I'm never going to do that to my family. I'll never do that again. I could say all those things. 
people can say that to me, never will you do that again. Like, never will you be able to get out. But that never doesn't hold up. God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. When will I leave you? Never. When will I forsake you? Never. Don't miss the fact that he will never leave you and leave me. See, this is a message for me just as as much for you. You know why? Because he will never leave me just as much as he will never leave you. And I don't want you to miss that. See, the reason why Jesus had called Peter Satan was not because he was trying to say, he was saying the wrong things. Like Peter had the right intentions. Jesus wasn't saying like, oh, you said the wrong things. The reason why he called Peter Satan was because Peter did not see and he missed that Jesus was going to raise, rise again. In verse 21, if you keep reading again, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And this is the part that Peter missed. And on the third day, be raised to life. So you hear all these things, you hear the suffering, you hear the, the, the killing, and you hear that he's going to die. But if Peter really understood that on the third day, he would be raised to life, what difference would that make? There's a reason why Peter was so angry, because he only heard the suffering, he only heard the pain, he only saw what was in front of him. And how many of us are missing that Jesus had raised, rose from the dead? How many people are missing the fact that he is there for you and that he will never leave you and never forsake you? And I, I don't want you guys to miss this part. The message was not clear to Peter and the disciples because what was possible for God was not even in the realm of imagination for humans. What was possible for God was not even in the realm of imagination for you and for me. See, we are in a situation where I'm going, oh man, this is it. I'm never going to get out. This is how my family is. This is how my financial situation is going to be. This is how my future is. I don't have a degree. I don't have a job. Like, what, what else can I do? But the situation that you are in is only what you can see in front of you. Because what is possible for God is not even in the realm of imagination for us. As Isaiah chapter five, 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I can't even begin to explain to you what God can do. I can't even begin to explain to you what God has in, in the future for you. But I can guarantee that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. There's not a situation in your life, there's not a never in your life that, does, that compares to what God says. But guys, please be patient. Like I understand that I'm, as I'm saying this, you might be going, oh, awesome. God's never going to leave me. But what about my situation? What happens now? Well, be patient. I love this example. Christy actually gave this one to Katika, and Katika gave it to me, and I'm going to say it to you guys. Is that when you're driving on a road trip, you, you have your GPS. You don't know where you're going. The road's very complex. You don't know how you're going left, right, straight, whatever it is. But as you make your turns, your GPS tells you, you know, turn left, turn right, next roundabout, second exit, whatever it is. But then you find yourself on a road that's 12 kilometers long, and you don't hear from your GPS for a very long time. Please be patient, because when you come to that turn, God's going to speak and God's going to do something in your life. And just because he's not saying anything doesn't mean he does not love you. I understand that we need to be in control, and I understand we want to see what's ahead of us. But please, don't think that God has left you. You know when, when Jesus resurrected uh, um, Lazarus? 
when he called him out of the tomb? When he, he loved Lazarus so much, just as much as he loves you and me. But when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he didn't rush to Lazarus. He didn't rush to his aid and go, okay, come on, boys, let's go. He actually stayed and waited. I'm going to read this to you because I think this is really important. John chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son might be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Can I, can I just say that again? So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loves you and me. Just because he hears you, knows your situation, but chooses to stay, does not mean he does not love you. Because he loved, he heard, but he stayed. But as we know how the story ends, Jesus goes to Judea, finds the sisters, and you know what? He doesn't just go, oh, time's now, like Lazarus, get out of the tomb. He actually listens to their struggles. And in verse 35, he actually says, Jesus wept. If you knew the struggles, he knows, knows your struggles, he knows exactly what you're going through. But instead of just going into your situation, going like, all right, guys, time to get up, time to resurrect the dead. He meets you where you are and he weeps. I don't know about you, but I need a God that loves me that much to, to never leave me and to just be there in every circumstance, in every situation. He's crying. He knows your pain. He knows my pain. He knows your pain. And he weeps. But the story's not finished, guys. The story's not finished because Lazarus rose from the dead, just like Jesus rose from the dead. On the third day, he will rise again. And in your situation, in your circumstance, please don't give up. He will never leave you and never forsake you. And this is what Jesus said to Peter after telling him off, rebuking him. And this is the last one. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. See, I read this verse and I'm a bit hesitant because I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to, I don't want to really take up a cross. Like, well, it's kind of weird, that's heavy. But can we not miss the fact that he says, whoever loses their life for me will find it. He says that we will find life. Don't miss the fact that we will find life when we lose our life to him. Because the, the, the thought of losing our life and denying ourselves, yeah, it's not nice. I don't like it either. But don't miss the fact that we will find life when we lose it to him. So if I could just get the band up. I don't want to miss, I don't want you guys to miss a lot of things here. I don't want to miss you guys to miss the fact that Jesus is the Lord, the son of God. He knows your circumstance and situation. He knows your future. Even you can't see it. I don't want you guys to miss the fact 
that when he says, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you, that he means it. And it does not even compare to the slightest bit when we say never or whatever our situation is. And I don't want you guys to miss the fact that when you lose your life for him, you will find life to the fullest, a life that exceeds the life that you would ever try to find here. Life to the fullest. And that is not just my promise. That is a promise that God has given And I can feel the reluctance sometimes to give up everything. The key is just to let go, to let go. God, this is yours. This is yours. And I think sometimes we're afraid to let things go because we're afraid that when we do, God leaves us empty-handed. So we do things like hold on to bitterness, addictions, resentment, or we lower our expectations and lose faith in God, church, and people. But church, can I just plead with you, please? The word of God is true. It's so true. And you will find life when you give it to Him. I'm just going to let that just speak to some people for the next few moments. I don't know who it is. I definitely was one of them. Still am. I need him more than anything right now. I acknowledge I don't have anything together. I need him so much. And there's life in him. I'm just going to let the band just sing this bridge and if we all could just stand up and and let God just speak to us in this moment. And this is, if this is you, would you just, just I'm not going to do some sort of altar call or anything like that. Look, after this, I'm going to pray for you if you need to. But in this moment, can we take some time to say, God, my heart is yours. My situation is yours. The never that I thought would, would always hold in my life, it's yours. I know that you will never leave me you will never forsake me and that when I lose my life to you I will find life to the fullest I will find life to the fullest come on let's sing